Hi, I'm Siggy, born and raised in St. Catharines, Ontario, and now living in the nation's capital of Ottawa. And I'm Jesse, born in Manila, Philippines, raised in Toronto, Canada, and schooled all over southwestern Ontario. You're listening to the Hala Hala Podcast, a delicious mix of pop culture and the Filipino-Canadian life. Before we start our podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the lands we're podcasting on. I'm podcasting from the traditional lands of the Huron-Wendat, the Seneca, and most recently, the Mississaugas of the Credit River. And I'm podcasting from the traditional, unceded territory of the Algonquin and Ishmael people. Welcome to our Taste Us episode, where we sample something fresh from the pop culture buffet, and then we'll tell you what we think. On this special episode and the first mm. Taste Test episode of season six, yes. Jazzy samples Here Lies Love, the musical currently playing on Broadway. Yes, yes, yes. I can't believe I got to see this just in time for our season six premiere set of episodes. As our listeners might recall in the previous episodes, you can tell from our extended introduction, our introduction and our land acknowledgement that I was in Manhattan. The original peoples are Lenape Hoking as I had said in the previous episodes, but yes, I was there to watch a number of things, but among them was Here's Lies Love. Yes. Well, let's jump right into it. Kuya, what did it taste like? Mm, I had to really think about this one because I had some torn (laughs) emotions coming into it. And when I got into the theater, and Sigs knows this because then I just started texting him all these different... staging of the entire play it was gorgeous it was gorgeous it felt like you were going into a nightclub and yet at the same time I felt a little bit torn going to see this because I had known that there was some I guess some criticisms about it and the appropriateness but nevertheless it tasted like Prosecco to me okay yeah so for those of our listeners that might not know Prosecco is a sparkling Italian white Mm. wine It's filled with lots of frothy bubbles. Sometimes it's compared to champagne, but Prosecco is not champagne. Prosecco is, again, Italian as opposed to champagne, which is French, and has Mm -hmm. fruity notes of green apple, pear, honey melon, honeysuckle, and cream. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I thought Here Lies Love, for me, tasted like Prosecco was because it was crisp and fruity and flowery. And let me tell you, Sigs, like if you give me a crisp, fruity and flowery drink like it just goes down too (laughs) and what I was really worried about was the hangover that I would get the next day you know so when I'm drinking Prosecco I'm always like crap like I'm gonna have a crazy hangover the next day if I keep drinking at this rate as I was kind of if you will consuming the pop culture of here lies love (laughs) it was like it was fun and it was fruity and it was flowery interspersed with some sharp notes along the way But afterwards, it left me thinking and it left me on an emotional hangover, as I'll probably repeat throughout this entire taste test. And for those of our listeners that don't know, Here Lies Love tells the story of Imelda Marcus's rise to power. And the song Mm -hmm. was by David Byrne and Fatboy Slim. Which is amazing. David Byrne, Talking Heads lead, Fatboy Slim, to be interested in this subject. Yeah, totally interested. And I I don't know that there's enough written about their interest in all of this, but nevertheless... It's told in the Millennium Disco nightclub where the orchestra section has been turned into a dance floor while the mezzanine and the gallery section resembles VIP booths in the club. Now, Sigs, if you and I ever get the opportunity to see this, you and I have to be the in the general admission dance floor section in the orchestra because oh I just have to say this one kind of spoiler. So the DJ gets up in front of everyone, starts to introduce the entire 
musical and then has some like, if you will, housekeeping announcements. And so one of them was, okay, for those of you in the orchestra section, you will notice that the staging is dynamic and interactive. And yes, Mm -hmm. folks, expect to be separated from your friends tonight. And I just thought to myself, Six, how many times have we gone to a club and I've lost you, you've lost me, we've lost our friends, and then we find them at the end of the night, you know? And I just thought, oh, this is the type of musical we're seeing tonight. Like, this is what Moulin Rouge really wants to be, you know, wants to be Millennium Disco Nightclub. But yeah, Six, the staging is immersive, where there are runways and go-go dancer box that surround the entire orchestra, as well as into the mezzanine seating section and stuff like that. It was incredible, like just a genius in terms of how they staged and put it together. And there was really no bad place that you could be in the entire place. So you could be in the orchestra and still be fully entertained and catch all the action, just like as if you were sitting in the gallery section or the mezzanine section. There was enough repetitive moments where you could see it everywhere that you wouldn't be missing anything. So I would suggest like if you were a person that just needs to sit down because you're above 60, (laughs) you could sit in the mezzanine section or in the gallery section. And if you're like a young millennial, you know, or a Gen Z person, you'll have a lot of fun in the orchestra section, in the general admission, just kind of like dancing around and bopping around and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay. So was it worth those actual calories from the Prosecco? So I think I've mentioned this just a little bit earlier. While the calories were very effervescent, it felt very much like guilty calories. (laughs) And the reason why I say that is that the contrast of storytelling of the rise of the Marcos dictatorship against really what would be a buoyant nightclub made me think that, again, I was going to go pay for this because I found it really enjoyable. And yet it made me really think about how people see history and retell history, especially Mm -hmm. as we kind of see the government of the day in the Philippines and how history was retold essentially with respect to martial law. I was really worried about that. Mm -hmm. I think that they could have said a little bit more, you know, in terms of martial law and the atrocities. I mean, I think that they showed it and they didn't try to hide it, but I just felt it was so fast. There was so much about the rise and trying to explain her motivation. I wish that they had said just a little bit more about that, but I think it it did enough because Mm -hmm. there was a poignant moment towards the end where they do make a statement about needing to protect democracy, not just in the Philippines, but in the United States and everywhere around the world. And that it's right now. That's right. And it's being threatened right now. So I wondered again, if I was going to have that emotional hangover and again, Mm -hmm. watching this musical and considering some of the critiques it had amongst Filipino vocal, Filipino artists, those critiques remain true. And yet it still was enjoyable. And it was interesting that it felt like a good time until the realization of the human rights abuses that Imelda Marcos had committed. But it was interesting tension. It was the choice and juxtaposition of a nightclub that gave the musical an interesting tension against the Philippines' history, especially around martial law. So was it worth it? Yeah. And as much as it was effervescent, it did feel guilty. But sometimes I think to myself, good art leaves you thinking. So it made me think, and it really made me think about the history and how people understand the history of the martial law and the dictatorship. And I know that your parents and my parents deeply impacted. We were both deeply impacted by what was happening, you know, as there was a rise to power and martial law was declared and our families needing to find a different place to be because it didn't feel safe back then. In any event, interesting. So I still have an emotional hangover, as you can tell, (laughs) from having all this Prosecco Here Lies Love feels. (laughs) What does it remind you of in the pop culture buffet? 
Mm. I was talking about this in terms of the tension. I also found that in terms of Hamilton. Because oh, yeah. Hamilton recounts history, but uses rap and R&B and pop. It doesn't use that mm-hmm. kind of like vaudevillian musical. And it mm-hmm. uses non-traditional format and songbook to tell the story of the U.S.'s one of the U.S.'s founding fathers. So that's kind of what it reminded me of. I think there are also natural comparison between Here Lies Love and that of Evita re- uh. you know, regarding the rise <laughs> of Eva Perón and, and Juan Perón around Argentina and Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. And interestingly enough, both Evita and Here Lies Love have moments where they discussed how they used fashion and charm to garner the support of the general population. So there was a little number there alluding to that. And, you know, we saw Amelda Marcos come onto the world stage and really popularize the butterfly sleeves that Mm -hmm. is iconic or has become iconic. So she, interestingly enough, was an ambassador for that and had her own fashion sense and style, again, similar to Eva Perron. But it also reminded me of Hamilton, just kind of like the tension between what you were seeing on stage and what you were hearing. Same here, what you're seeing on stage and then what you were seeing and hearing with respect to martial law and Philippine history. Interesting, again, tension and juxtaposition. What did you appreciate about it? I appreciated the all-Filipino cast. That (laughs) sounds amazing, right? You just missed Leah Salonga, right? I just missed Leah Salonga. But nevertheless, it was still an amazing cast to see. I thought it was a Brave choice, again, to pair the rise of a dictatorship and the threat of democracy with a buoyant production. You know, again, mm-hmm. it was felt like a party. It was like a party until it wasn't a party anymore. It felt like Studio 54 having a good time and then suddenly yeah. boom, it crashes. So it was really funny. It's kind of like the Philippines is going along for a party ride and then suddenly it comes to a grinding halt. That's one of the things that I appreciated about it is just the brave choice that that David Byrne and Fatboy Slim and the producing team did. And while there were certain elements that were, again, glossed over regarding Imelda's rise to power and influence and its embellished motivation of a past relationship between Imelda and mm-hmm. Nino Aquino. So that was the interesting part was this, this, mm. that it felt like it was like a third of the musical kind of really focusing on this. When uh-huh. if you look at the history books, it was a fleeting moment. At least that's how it's captured right. in the history books. So it's hard to tell like the artistic choices around that. But I guess that it had to be made or else how would you have any drama there? The other thing that I appreciated was that it was fast. Oh, yeah? It was probably one of the shortest musicals I've ever seen. No way. Yeah, I understand that that there's an even shorter musical, Six, that I wanted to see, but I didn't get a chance to see. Uh-huh. That's an hour and 20 minutes, but this was 90 oh my minutes gosh. with no intermission. But oh, it wow. held my attention sustained, obviously, and it still told its story. It was satisfying from a storytelling point of view, but it was a fast production. I just have a little bit of an intersect question here. Now, I received texts from you on Tuesday night when you were doing this when I was on volleyball. Yes. Can you tell our listeners you had a passing with someone famous right. at this show? Tell, well, me, tell, me. tell can, us, tell us, tell us the listeners. The other thing that I appreciated about this was where I was seated, <laughs> which was the mezzanine section, the front row of the mezzanine section and practically almost center. So I'm sitting down and next to me, I'm sitting next to a bunch of gay men. And I I can just hear it from the way that they were cackling and giggling and all of that stuff. And then I look over and I see this couple and I'm sitting next to, unbeknownst to me, until two minutes into the musical. It was like, oh my gosh, this is the boyfriend of Ben Platt. And then I look (laughs) over and it's Ben Platt. 
And I'm oh just Oh my like, gosh. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm sharing cellular respiration with Ben Platt. So I had to just kind of like, okay, you're here to watch here lies love. You're not here to kind of gaga over Ben Platt. So. Okay, but wait, 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 wait. Did he like it? Did he sing along? Was he was his head bobbing? Yeah, like what was yeah. going on? There Did he love it? Inter- he seemed to love it, or at least for the times that I could see him bobbing along. But I certainly heard him singing along with it because there were interactive moments where we were asked to kind of sing along, you know, with the DJ or get up. Oh, no way. So we were actually asked to get up and dance a couple of times throughout the entire performance. Mm-hmm. He certainly enjoyed it. Now, at the end, I looked over and I kind of quietly mouthed saying, can I have a picture? Yeah. He kind of like looked down and he like nodded and I tried to get my phone out. But before I could do anything, another performer had just gone in off stage because like the performers were everywhere and just came to say hi to Ben Platt and company. Oh, boyfriend turned around and say, oh, you can't get out this way. You have to go the other way. And it was just like I got blocked at that moment from taking a picture. In any event, you know, I just thought to myself, okay, well, it just wasn't meant to be. And I still have the memory. And that's all that You matters. saw the story. The story with your taste test is that you got, you basically got- washed it with Ben Platt. You and Ben Platt went together. Did. You sat beside with him and his partner. I would have <laughs> thrown a, I love theater camp. It was a great movie with them. But, I know. Yeah. I wanted to say all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, and I kind of get it. Because yeah. if other people started to notice that it was Ben Platt, he would have been totally surrounded by people. Wait, was he incognito, sort of? Was he wearing a big you know, ball cap or something? He just looks down, right? Like, he just looks <sighs> down. Like, I just noticed his body language. And his friends purposely surrounded him. So that, uh, okay. So when I saw them walking out i just thought i'm not gonna follow him i'm not gonna bother him yeah it's like clearly he has the right to have privacy it's okay that i got blocked by his boyfriend it's no big deal right mm-hmm. but i could tell that they've got a procedure if you will like friends mm-hmm. around him he looks down and he's able to get out and enjoy what he needs to enjoy and stuff like that but nevertheless it was all good and it was still enjoyable and it was fun to I- see him and he's taller in person I can tell you he that. He looks taller to me. Like, I think he's he would tall. be taller in He's tall. Well, but, I mean, that was a little a little tea with your Prosecco. That was great. I know. That was great. I know. Now Wasn't I got to ask you. I got to yes. ask you. Would you sample this again? Would you watch this again? Yeah, I think I would. And yeah? To, to study a number of different things. Like, one, the staging. The staging gave everyone a good seat and did not, you know, you didn't miss the story from any angle and from the general oh, yeah? admission mm-hmm. on the orchestra floor to the far seats in the mezzanine level, of course. But I also want to have a little bit more attention to some of the darker points that they were trying to convey mm-hmm. because there was a lot of mixed media that they had used in the theater. Like mm-hmm. they were showing headlines and, and it was just ah. like, oh, I know that they're showing us things that I'm probably just slightly missing. And I right. think that this is why I felt it glossed over. But then again, sometimes you just don't want to hit you know, people on the head about it and you want people mm-hmm. to kind of understand it. And I think that that was my fear. My fear is, is, is that the non-Filipino that doesn't know anything about the history would think one thing or another. But in right. the end, I was just thinking to myself, okay, like there were dioramas and there was explanations outside of the theater kind of going over what martial law was. And perhaps maybe yeah. what it did is, is it made the non-Filipino maybe just a little bit more curious about how is democracy being threatened in the Philippines. So that's certainly why I would sample it again, just to see how else are they kind of trying to put that message across. Interesting. Now, to whom would you recommend it? I think millennials and Gen Z Filipinos in the diaspora. To be quite frank, I was thinking of, you know, my nephews and nieces who are in their 20s. And I think that they would just have like an interesting, fun time going, 
what is this? This is musical theater. Wow. And it's all about Filipinos. Wow. Oh my gosh. They're Filipino artists. Wow. So I think any millennial or Gen Z that has the chance to go see it, go see it. You can go to the TKTS ticket booth and buy them half price for 59 US dollars and get into the orchestra. Yeah. I thought it was a great price for anyone that Mm -hmm. wants that experience. Although Sigs, if you and I magically find ourselves in Manhattan at the same time, you and I need to be on the dance floor. You know, going I'd be a little bit tired, but I just I think my mouth would be half open. Going, what's happening here? What's happening here? What's happening here? Like full of immersive. Yeah, I know. And then we, then you and I might have to retaste it again just so that we could have that experience. You know, and actually know what's happening. Yes, I would taste it again, and that's who I'd recommend it to: millennials and Gen Z folks. Well, you know what? I think our glasses of Prosecco is empty. Mm, And that was a great taste (laughs) test of Big Ed off season Let's hope I don't have a hangover. (laughs) Hope not. Yeah. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, and any suggestions for future taste test episodes for the Hollow Hollow Podcast, email us at hollowhollowpopculture at gmail.com. The Hollow Hollow Podcast is available wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe, rate us, leave a review. Tell your friends about us. And we are on Instagram. Our handle is at hollowhollowpopculture. Finally, we receive editorial feedback from Mary Beth Bidian. Our musical theme is by Chelterine. We'll see all of you guys again real soon. See you guys soon.